actually enjoy treating your customers like a piece of shit because that's how I felt when I went to the Alamo Draft House. Okay? You know what? I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to text in your little crappy-ass theater. It was too f***ing dark in that place for me to find my seat, all right? I was using my phone as a flashlight to get to my f***ing seat. So excuse me for using my phone in USA, United States of America, where you are free to text in a theater. I was not aware that I couldn't text in your theater, all right? I've texted in all the other theaters in Austin, and no one ever gave a fuck about what me I was doing my fucking phone, all right? And it was on silent. It wasn't on loud. It wasn't bothering anybody. You guys, obviously, were being assholes to me, and I'm sure that's what you do, you know, to rip people off. You take my money, and then you throw me out, you know? I will never be... Coming back to your Alamo Draft House or whatever, I'd rather go to a regular theater where people are actually polite. And, it, you know, I'm going to tell everyone about how you are. And I'm pretty sure you guys are being on purpose. So thanks for making me feel like a customer. Thanks for taking my money. Alright, alright. Is everyone here? Ants! Yes, sir! Roaches! Yeah, what of it? Rodents! Let's get this cheese! Alright, come on everyone, settle down, settle down, please! Look, we all know why we're here. We'll be eating like queens when we're through with this. That pantry's finally ours! Nobody can stop us now! Charge! Old Colony Pest Control, veteran-owned Massachusetts, Rhode Island-based operation with everything you could dream of for your pest needs. Equipped with top-of-the-line gear to guarantee your home is protected and staying healthy. Phone number is 774-400-5993. Give them a call for the backup you need. Tell them that General Red Revere sent you. They handle anything from ants, roaches, ticks, mosquitoes, rats, and more. No wildlife or termites at this time. Hey, hey, watch it, buddy. We're marching. We're marching. Phenom Radio is the home of the hottest indie music. Tune into the Phenom Radio Top 20 Countdown, Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Uh, Pacific. The razor sharp, hook to raise your paws, hook to when the sun. Okay, I'm gonna need you to duet this with me. Collaborate on a track. Maybe add some harmonies to what's already there. I'm gonna let it play, and you do you.
ain't about to crack. We got the whole crew back. Really, bitch? A cabin in the woods? Now let's get it all in perspective for all y'all enjoyment. You still a slave to the white man? Y'all gonna start calling my wife the white man, all right? Newness, here's the anthem. Put your hands up that you shoot with. Count your what we with. do on Juneteenth? Oh, hell no. Where are you going? Look for the fuse box. What kind of house is this? No, no, thank you. The blackening? Whoa! Jim Crow Monopoly. That shit probably runs on racism. Pick a card and save Morgan. What do you mean, save Morgan? <laughs> Refuse to play, and she dies. I think we have to play the game. In your predicament, the black character is always the first to die. I will spare your lives if you sacrifice the person you deem the blackest. The blackest? Nobody should judge anybody in here, bro. You have two minutes to decide. Shanika, she say nigga the most. Nigga! See? Wait. Y'all can't pick me! I'm gay. Oh, Clifton. Yeah! That can prove I'm not the blackest. Prove it. I've never seen Friday. I voted for Trump. <gasps> what? What? Twice. You Playboy, your time's up. We need a plan. I'm saying, don't you dare. We don't say this, don't mm -hmm. say it. We have to split up. Oh. Your time has run out. It's time to die. There's a crazy person out here hunting us. You got Rosa Parks on your shirt, right? Would she be sitting down right now? I mean. That's exactly what she did. You could shut up. Made you look. Made you look. What? what? Black women gotta save everyone else. Damn time! Oh, made you look. Oh. Yo, stop playing. I got a gun. Damn. Hey, That's too DMX. What are you doing? <laughs>
Brockton, Massachusetts. Where better begins. This is Viana Marie, and you're watching The Booth, a Sinister One production on Hoobazoo.com. Go ahead and call me a coward, say that I'm not strong because I'm not like you. Go ahead and call me crazy because I live in a maze, tell me how about you. I think I live in my head, sometimes I think that I'm dead, I hide behind my youth. No, I've been losing my mind and I'm a little behind, step aside my shoes. Because I never been happy with myself and I don't need no one feeling bad for me. Trying to offer me pity and throw jabs at me. Want to give me advice and then laugh at me behind closed doors. Just close the door and let me be by myself, just me and myself. I'm tired of living when I cry, here it's easy to die, I wanna see for myself And I know that sounds crazy to everyone else, but I'm depressed as fuck, stressed as fuck Ain't no medicine that can cure us, intense as drugs I need I need extra love and that ain't even enough, so that ain't even enough And where the fuck is God? Damn. Maybe I ain't believing enough, but today we gonna see if he's real And if he is, then I guess I'm probably going to hell Look, I ain't wanna die like this, I ain't pitching my life like this they don't know what it's like like this Pretending I'm happy so I can smile like this And laugh like you Sometimes I wonder if I ever act like you Could I finally fit in and maybe relax like ooh Or would you feel lost without me Cause honestly I think the world is better off without me And my mind's spinning This is the line finish Truth is I don't care how they feel about my feelings I made up my mind I'm going out like Robin Williams I guess I'm not the ordinary people of John Legend And I've been suicidal since the day I was nine Shit Okay, today I was nine. I've been tired of being bullied, couldn't stay out the fire. Grandma told me I should take it one day at a time, and damn it, look at me now. Fuck. Fuck. Pen running out. Shit. <sighs> look, just know it's a new day. But if you're reading this, then it's probably too late. <laughs> just make sure you tell my family it's okay. I'm sorry, but it's too late. I'm sorry, so much pain. Yes. 
You got what you wanted, I hope you finally happy, it's too late for you Been going out of my mind, you don't know how many times that I done prayed for you I hope you hear me, goddammit, cause I got so much shit that I wanna say to you I used to shine, now I'm all in the dark I remember I used to tell you to follow your heart But goddammit, look at you now, it's all in your fault, I could you Maybe it's my fault, I should've paid more attention to what you been doing Maybe I should've been more of an influence I can't believe that you're dead, I f- I read your letter and all I could do is have mixed feelings about it But I'll forever be attached to you Damn Part of me feels bad for you A part of me feel like you weak and I'm mad at you And I don't mean to be insensitive But I don't understand how we couldn't prevent this shit You took the easy way out God damn it, you did I mean, look what you did I'm so fucking upset How could you be so selfish? Nigga How could you be so selfish? Now you're gone, you done left me so helpless I wonder what God thinks I hope you in God's place behaving yourself Yo, what the fuck you gotta say for yourself? Look, I really feel lost without you I hate the fact you think the world is better off without you And my mind's spinning, this is the line finish Truth is I don't care how you feel about my feelings And I'd be lying to you if I told you if I listen I know that you can hear me, all I need is like five minutes I just wanna reach inside the casket and pull you out I'm sorry, this is something that we both couldn't figure out I wish I could hear you now, is your soul missing? I wonder if you could do it again, would you do it different? Tell me what death is like was it meant for you, Brody? Did the heaven support it? Are you fucking happy now? Did you get what you wanted? Isn't this what you wanted? I feel the temperature falling and you been suicidal back then, you were not. Yeah, even back then you was not. We was living on the edge, couldn't stay out the fire. Grandma told us we should take it one day at a time and damn it, look at you now. But it's a new day and if you can't hear me, then it's probably too late. Fuck! Just make sure you tell my family it's okay I'm sorry, but it's too late I'm sorry, so much waiting on me I don't wanna live to see another day I'm sorry, but I can't stay I'm sorry, so much waiting on me Just make sure you tell my family it's okay I'm sorry, but it's too late I'm sorry, so much waiting on me I don't wanna live to see another day
Alrighty, it's your boy Sinister One broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are watching The Booth, and I want to thank everybody for supporting Sinister One Productions. Got a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. Got a lot of great guests. As you guys can see, I've got my Bubba Wallace hat on. Um, as you guys know, we're going to be talking about what happened this weekend. We got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about, uh, but I got to thank my guests from last week, Brad Bailey and Shah Elemental for coming on the show last week. My two guests for tonight are here, but let me get into my sponsors before I introduce them. MDB Electronics, Michael Douglas Barreto. If you need your controller fix for your Xbox, send it out to him. 24, 48 hours, you're back to gaming. Um, available now, Viana Marie's Music. It's personal everywhere, streaming everywhere. Support your local artist. Viana Marie's Music is on fire right now. Tactical Target Systems. When I go down to the range, you see those zombie targets I'm using? That's me, Rick Grimes. I'm scared of that zombie apocalypse coming, so I want to be prepared and get my headshots ready. And I love bostonsports.com. If you're in the chat, there's a chance for you to win a possible shirt from I love bostonsports.com. And for you women out there, you see the picture? That's my artist, Viana Marie, Kimberly Ann Empowerment Photography. This is photography for women who... Don't feel comfortable showing us a certain side, a certain bedroom side. They're called boudoir photos, if I'm saying that correctly. Okay. Uh, but what she does is she brings you into an environment where yeah. she makes you feel 100% comfortable. And then she sets up these photo shoots for you that you could probably take for a husband or a boyfriend or a significant other and present them with these photos. Kimberly Ann Photography, Empowerment Photography. Um, Viana Marie swears by her. I know she's booked up until July but please make sure to reach out to Kimberly Ann Empowerment Photography. Ladies, like I said, if you've never done photos like this before, she puts you in an environment where you feel comfortable, where you feel safe, where you just blow up at 100%. And like I said, the, you can keep the pictures private and give them to a significant other or a special loved one. But before we get into the news booth, I got my first guest on with me in the upper left-hand corner. And my other special guest who's on with me is down in the bottom left-hand corner, Crystal Tyson, who's been on here before. But I'm going to let my first guest introduce herself, and she's going to tell us why she's on this show. Sure. Thanks for having me, Keith. And uh, so my name is Laverne Gordon. I am the founder and president of an organization called Love Life Now Foundation, and we promote year-round awareness around the issue of domestic violence. We want to keep the issue in the forefront as much as possible. We don't want folks hearing about resources uh, when they get to a police station or a hospital. Um, we want to pe put people in the prevention corner. Um, yeah. Prevention is better than cure. And so what, that's why we talk about this issue year-round. So that's me. And we're glad to have you on. And if you guys have been watching me on Facebook, I have been sharing some of their events that she's been involved with. They had the Down and Derby was a few weeks yeah. ago, uh, the weekend of the Kentucky Derby. As you saw, Crystal was also there. They shared some pictures. Uh, Louis Bello, one of my favorite local artists here, yes. he performed down there at Faneuil Hall. It was a great event. Shout out to Louis. Yeah. yeah. What was it like? What was this event like for you guys? Yeah, so this was our first Down and Derby back in person, and it's actually an event not hosted so solely by Love Life Now. It is hosted by Laura Ladd, who is the organizer and creator of the event, and she's hosted it on behalf of Love Life Now. The benefits, the benefic we are the beneficiaries of the event, and she's hosted it for us two years in a row prior to the pandemic, and this was our first time back in person. And I can tell you succinctly, the energy was so up. Louis Bello, you know, carried the crowd throughout Maybe. the night with songs and his tunes and his energy. 
And it was such a fun time. I mean, getting to dress up and come out after three years of pandemicism is yeah. something that, you know, you never really take for granted. And so it was just so good to see familiar faces as, a as well as a lot of new ones. So it was really a really, really fun time. And the oh, event wow. raised $29,000. Oh, my God. It was so huge. That was yes. huge. <laughs> yes. Ooh, nice. So we were really, really, really um grateful for all the hearts that showed up again hearts to be that's yeah. all we're about is loving life now and being able to give back in a way that helps people that are affected by this issue so we're really thankful to laurel Ladd and shout out to laura laura yeah. Ladd right now because it was fantastic it and was. it was best hat competition like oh it wasn't just a party like it was interactive right. it was so great and she had great food it was it was terrific Yes, it really was. I mean, it, it. I mean, again, having an environment where you're able, like you said, Crystal, to be able to interact with folks and really give back, right? Mm -hmm. You're not just coming up and you're showing up and you're partying. There's many elements from the mm -hmm. red carpet. Um, you 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 walk up and it's a vibe where you have a red carpet model mm -hmm. literally on on stilts waiting for you to take a picture, right? And then you get in front as soon as you walk in, there's this huge arch and you know set of balloons that puts you in a spring feel. Again, all the inner workings of Laura Lad's mind that came to fruition and it was like something of uh Epic something that like, you could not imagine right you walked yeah. in you just felt like you were in something else right and then then at the end of it all to be able to give back so it just was it really was a fantastic time i agree crystal and you know we got these ladies on here uh chris was going to be on the talk with some of these topics but we're going to get real serious right now because the event that she's on today is to promote to promote this healathon that is coming up on june 3rd the walk actually takes place here in Brockton. And I know, I know that is the same weekend as the Brockton High graduation. Yes. I understand yes. this. Same day. Yes. Same day. Yes. Um, your event is in the morning. There's plenty of time for people to come through, show Correct. their support, and then be at this graduation. And the reason why I'm really saying this is because um, Brockton, over the years, and, and unfortunately, one of the black guys in the city of Brockton, we've had some of the most heinous domestic yeah. violence crimes Jesus. of passion in yeah. the city of Brockton. Um, a lot of times when people talk about the crime in Brockton, people say, oh, you should be scared to live here, blah, blah, blah. And I always say to them, I says, hey, I just want to tell you something. A lot of crimes in Brockton aren't drug-related violent crimes. A majority of the violent crimes in Brockton's are passion crimes, love crimes. We had a Haitian gentleman who killed his wife here in the city. We had a Cape Verdean person who um, had killed his girlfriend in the city. And just recently, that was we had, recently, yep, yeah. yep, just recently, we had a young boy who lost his life. Mm -hmm. The mother was in the hospital oh, um, no, because correct. the boyfriend shot the yeah. boy in the closet and she's in the hospital. She was almost, she almost lost her life. But the thing with this correct. one that upset me is that they had a history, a long five-year history of being back and forth in court, of, right. of domestic violence. And and I've got to ask you, because you're involved with this, you know, for a man, I, I can always say, why don't they just get out of it? But someone had said to me, it's a power thing. It's a control thing. As Crystal would say, it's a narcissism, narcissistic <laughs> category. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and explain it, how a man... Because one of the things that was screamed out by this man when he shot her son was, see what you made me do. 
Okay, uh, so I'm just gonna um, let's pause there for a second because there are a couple of things that I want to not, and I understand you're very passionate about this, as I, th- I think everybody should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but these crimes are not crimes of passion, and I and I want to want to correct that. This is not, and this is not a love crime. Somebody that loves you would not hurt you. Okay, um, that's not how you show love. And in the, in the heat of passion, that's not what passion is, okay? So we're going to take away that term and we're going to put that to the side. These issues, when you see them on the news, are not because they happened or she was getting ready to leave and he killed her or he was getting ready to leave and she snapped. It's not a heat of the moment thing. These issues are brewing behind closed doors way before you hear about them on the news, whether they be very quiet, whether it's it's because it's covered up, whether it's because family members refuse to admit that it's happening or even the victim refuses to acknowledge that it's happening. But it's again, not because you see it on the news and it, oh, she died. Right. Oh, he, he shot her, right? So I, I want to put that in, in a nice little box right there for a second. Um, this issue, as you said, is about power and control. It's a systematic pattern of power and control. It's yeah. because the person did it once mm-hmm. and they chose to do it again. It yes. isn't because they drank a lot or they took drugs mm-hmm. or an inhibitor yeah. made them do it. It's because they chose to carry on a pattern of behavior that is tragic, violent, um, as Crystal, you said, Crystal would say, narcissistic, um, throughout the continuation of the of the relationship. So these issues, or not, shouldn't say these issues, these cases that you brought up, um, it's because they were brewing behind closed doors way before you saw them. So that's one. Um, you brought up another point about why victims may end up staying. Well, there are many reasons, and. I could go through a plethora of them, financial, um, immigration status. Uh, the person may be here legally um, and or they've been promised that they're going to get status if they stay. Um, they've been brought here uh, under the guise that they're going to get married or things are going to be great. And then when they get here, the abuse ensues. And then they're told over and over again, if you leave me, I will get you deported. And the victim doesn't understand that that's no way, shape or form true. You will be protected. The police do not care about your immigration status. Mm-hmm. They care about protecting you. And there's something called the Violence Against Women Act that if you fall under it, that you could get status here without your abuser. But if you're hearing from the person over and over again that if you leave, I will take the children. If you leave, I will bankrupt you. If you leave, you will have no money. If you leave, I'll make it look like you're a bad parent. If you leave, I'll kid the kids. If you leave, I'll take the children. There are many reasons why victims stay, and that should never be the question. The question should always be, why do abusers do the things that they do? And how we can how can we prevent abusers getting to that point with, through education, through rehabilitation, right? Because it's one thing to slap you on the wrist and say, I'm going to put you in jail for a night, or I'm going to put you in jail for three months or three years. But then what is happening behind jail bars? Um, are you be, being re-educated to unlearn the things that you know around relationships? So there's, a, a, again, a multiple... Um, array of reasons why victims end up seeing in these relationships, but that should never be the question. The owner should never be on the victim or the survivor. Right. Um, so we host these initiatives that you talked about throughout the year because we want to keep the issue in the forefront as much as possible. We focus a lot on awareness because we believe prevention is better than cure. And we know that awareness is not just one cookie cutter shell. So people might have, or I should say we would have a walk in heels and that may appeal to some people. 
but then we might have a betting drive and that may appeal to somebody else. So we keep hosting these events in what we think are innovative ways to get people out and about talking about the issue in a very non-confrontational way. So you're not looked upon as a survivor when you show up to these events. You're not looked upon as a victim and you're not looked upon as somebody looking for more information. It's literally community and getting people out in a setting where everybody's <laughs> on even keel. So the walk-in heels that you mentioned is just one of those events. And each year we ask folks to put on a comfy pair of heels and walk a mile with us on a very busy street, Oak Street. And each <laughs> year I can tell you that it is something amazing to see folks walking Oak Street and cars driving by us, honking their horns because of the awareness signs that we have. Right. One year, about two years ago, one guy had a sign that said, real men beat eggs, not women. And that got Ooh. a lot of reaction. That's a sign I actually kept. And I always give it to somebody to hold when we're walking. And, you know, it's just that easy to create awareness, right? So somebody driving in their car, Somebody cares about this issue. They see that people care about this issue. That's one. Somebody driving in a car that is a victim, they might be like, oh my gosh, they, they care. And I can't, I, I feel energy from these people. People come out from their homes that morning to, you know, to cheer us on. And it's all about creating conversation. Long after we've gone back to our homes from that walk and that doing that mile, people are talking about this issue, right? Because we've given them a reason or an avenue to be able to talk about this issue. Men show up. We have about four or five men that walk the whole mile in heels. I don't know if they're going to do it this year. But they walk. <laughs> it's the funniest <laughs> thing. And, not funny. and I swear to you, it's guys, guys. It's not like, oh, he's you know, feminine and he's wearing heels and it's okay. While we have some guys that are, you know, gay or LGBTQ and they come out and they walk. We have guys, guys like strapped, tatted up and they walk the entire mile because they want folks to understand and we want folks to understand, even if you're a woman walking in heels, that the, the pain you feel from walking that mile is nothing compared to the pain that victims feel or survivors feel when they're looking to escape these issues or the when they're involved in these types of relationships. So it's really a community filled morning. Kids can show up in their kitten heels mm -hmm. Um, you know, but it, heels are not mandatory for folks to walk. We should ask folks to be comfy, whatever it is that it's comfy for you. So a lot of people show up in sneakers and, yeah. you know, regular walkwear. Um, yeah. But again, it's to create a sense of community. And you mentioned that the walk is on the same day as the graduation. The mayor, who is slated to be at the graduation, he shows up. Mm -hmm. The district attorney of um, Plymouth shows up. He puts on his heels, takes a picture, and then goes on his day. Uh, the DA walks the whole mile. The mayor goes on to the graduation. So, again, you have enough time to come to the walk, have a great time with community, and then go on to the graduation. It really was our fault for scheduling it on that day, and next year it's going to be on a different day. But, well, to yeah, be it's honest, a fun time. To be honest, Oak Street isn't that far from Brockton, Brockton High. It's a, it's a, it's a stone's throw. Um, but yes. one, of, one of the questions that I do have for you, and um, I, I did have somebody on. We we really didn't get to really talk about it. One of the things that I hate about the court system involving domestic violence that I hate, and I feel mm -hmm. like this is how some of these guys have the power. You know, mm -hmm. when a, when a woman is able to get a restraining order, an emergency restraining order, it's good for ten days. She shows up, and then you have to see if it's going to last or if they're going to go to court further. And I feel like one of the things that could change this this pattern. I feel like, okay, I feel like we should keep the mm -hmm. 10 days for every case. What happens is, is sometimes a woman will get that restraining order within the 10 days. 
Then they get a court date. Now the court date ends up being two or three months away. They're out. Yeah. Guess what happens now? Now that gives that guy, that narcissistic person, the power to stay in contact. You know, for the first week or two, she might be fine. She might eliminate his call. She may block him. She may, you know, cut him off from everything. But then again, you start feeling some type of way, and then you mm-hmm. let that person back in. And guess what? By the time the real court case comes up, he's worked his back way in. She's not showing up as a witness. I want to see the court system. When we have these very clear cases of domestic violence, I feel like it should be 10-day restraining order. And then guess what? We're in court 10 days from now. So you don't have a chance to get into her head and change her mind or weasel your way back into the house. I feel like I feel like that's a big overall system change in the court systems across America to keep guys or keep getting abusers back into that that power place. Yes. And I I agree. And there are some cases where folks are able to go in immediately and get a year restraining order. Some folks are have lifetime restraining orders. It just depends on the case. I do agree. So I come to this issue as a two time survivor. I am a child witness to the issue growing up on the island of Trinidad up until I was 15. So I watched our father brutally abuse our mother and then kept saying that that would never be me. Unfortunately, children that grow up in those settings often become, often go on to become abusive themselves or victims. And I was no exception. So I fell into a two-year relationship. And at the end of that relationship, and this has everything to do with what you just talked about, is that, you know, I escaped my last beating. Um, took myself to an emergency room nearby where I lived um, and lied to the ER doctor that, or I should say what had happened to me. Um, it, it eventually fessed up that particular wee hours of the morning about what happened and went on to to say, please don't involve police. Um, right. I just want to go home. I still love the guy, right? So again, right. you have that time where, you know, you can go back. It takes on average victims to seven to 10 times for victims to act, actually leave. And that's Ooh. if they leave with their life. Okay. So it's very common for a victim to want to change their mind because what is happening in that moment. And I can tell you from experience is that you love this person. You just want the abuse to stop. And oftentimes they don't get that. So they come back preying on the love, right? We, we, we as victims not understanding that that is not love. What is what we're receive, receiving. And we come back and we ask, you know, they come come back and they say, well, you know, I'm sorry. And the honeymoon phase gets back and I'm never going to do it again. Not understanding it's a pattern. It's never going to change. And you can't change them no matter how much you cry, no matter what you hurt, no matter what you leave and you come back, right? And so during that time when I left, not understanding that it was the most dangerous time for me. The most dangerous time for any victim is when they say that they've had enough, yes. when they decide to leave, which is when you hear about a lot of these cases in the news is because they were getting ready to leave. Okay. So, you know, I went back to my home thinking, I'm okay, I'm done. I'm through. I finally get to tell him two weeks later, verbally over the phone that I'm through. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He it sends him into a tailspin. He shows up in my apartment. He cuts the phone line in my basement. He tries to get into my apartment with a crowbar because I had the locks changed. So it was a freaking time of terror. That's when I finally decided to call the cops, but I still don't want to get a black man in trouble. Sure, sure. Mm. The stereotype around black men is that they, you know, you don't want to add to their 
Oh my gosh, right? right? Yeah. So, so many, if the police show up, how are they going to treat him? This is 2001 and I'm still thinking this way. Sure. Okay. So you don't want to get him in trouble. You don't want to, what, what, how are the, his family, how is his family going to look at me now if I get him locked up? I mean, I just need to, you know, toughen up and just move on. Try to break it. Somebody, when I called 911, somebody is trying to break into my apartment is what I said to them. You don't know who this person is? No, I do not. They showed up. He sped away. He left, fled the scene. And mm -hmm. then he started stalking me, leaving the mm -hmm. rogatory notes on the car that I was using to let me know that he could get to me at any given time. Right. Okay. That finally led me to go file a restraining order. I got the 10 day and then I had to show up 10 days later. Thankfully, the restraining order kept him away. But within that 10 days, there is so much that could happen. To your point, Keith, there is so much that could happen. Not just sort of re-engaging the victim if she allows space or he allows space for that to happen, but tragic, right? You file a restraining order on me, so it's already taken enough gutso to go and file a restraining order, sure. right? And now you got 10 days that gives them um, ammo, if you will, yeah. to say, well, okay, this is what you're doing. This is the level you've taken it. Well, if I can't have you, nobody can. Right. That's when you end up hearing these stories. So I, I completely agree about the 10 days. Sometimes it's because the judges in the court system do not have what they deem enough evidence. Mm -hmm. So they <clears> need <throat> to see, or the victim needs, the victim needs to prove that they're in imminent danger still after 10 days. Um, but I completely agree with you that um, immediate restraining orders for a year should be in place right when they go to court. Because not only is it daunting for a victim to walk into court and try to prove their case against somebody that's hurt them for however long, but it is re-victimizing to them. So when I found out, I am 21 at the time going through this issue, walking into the courthouse by myself, didn't have a victim rights advocate, a, 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 um, a DV advocate with me at the time because I didn't know those resources existed. And I'm being told that I go and I tell my story and then I have to now face him. And when I'm done with all of that, I'm being told now you have to come back on a separate date to face him again. That in itself sends victims into a tailspin. Oh, yeah. So I completely agree that the system should be changed. Family court, the whole judges system should be, they, they all should be trained on DV because victims get re-victimized in the court, um, in, in the, the court, court in yeah. the court system. And you see it every single day. So there's a lot of overhaul. I will tell you, there was one year that I, I every year, no matter where I am, I try to highlight this issue at least one day, no matter where I'm traveling on my international trip. So every September, I pick somewhere to go. And one particular, I think it was 2018, I went to Brazil. I decided to visit a domestic, um, they, they have a police station in Rio de Janeiro, specifically dedicated for women to come and report crimes against them. So rape, sexual assault, um, and domestic violence, those types mm. of crimes, right? And they have women officers there to come, you know, for them to take it. So I, I met with, right. So my driver acted as my interpreter and he came with me and, 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 and translated while I, I talked to try to, you know, highlight that the fact that domestic violence is everywhere and right. that it's happening, but this is where you can go in Rio de Janeiro for help. This woman walked in and she was on crutches. Her husband had thrown her down a flight of stairs. Oh. Okay. Flight of stairs. While we were talking and interviewing the police officer, they're thrown down our flight of stairs. And she said, but I'm okay because you know what? I am believed. 
And she said that because not even a week before that, all 600 judges, and you can look this up, all 600 judges in the in the court system there got trained on domestic violence uniformly. Why can't that happen in the in state? Here. Why can't it happen here? Mm -hmm. yeah. There was a huge uproar because another woman, maybe about a month before the the women's rights um, uh, groups, there was a huge uproar because a woman was thrown over her balcony. Okay, <coughs> he beat her and then threw her over the balcony, and there was a huge uproar over that particular case. But Brazil, again, an all very culturally sort of dominant sort of uh, settings, you have these these countries where you know it's almost accepted. Okay, it's not as far along in, in awareness. And so that particular case sort of sent people over and they trained all the judges. Why can't that happen here? Right. Mm -hmm. I also think there's not a um, here. There's not a firm enough understanding of um, not only just domestic violence, but personality disorders in general and the things that lead up to these things. You know what I'm saying? And how. A lot of times, yes. um, if you follow me on Facebook, you know, I talk a lot about narcissism and how insidious and secretive it is. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And the control mm -hmm. portion, like these issues need to be addressed because too many people don't understand that there are behaviors that feed into this. And like, yes. you're right. It doesn't, it's just not a one-time thing. It's a slow progression. And they, listen, they wear you down. You know Oh, yes. They, oh, yes. And so those your the red flags that mm -hmm. are there right that's first and foremost recognizing what is a healthy relationship versus right. an unhealthy one and what those flags are to make you question not necessarily leave the relationship right away but just question right why why are you so concerned about right. a friend that i've had for 17 years that's it is of the opposite sex Right. All of those things have nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with you and your insecurity. Right. But if you don't understand the dynamics of what the what the inner workings are of abusers, then right. you're down for. When I got into the relationship that I was in for two years, I thought that I had it all together. I, I'm thinking to myself, I've watched my mother go through this. There's no way that could ever be me. She was uneducated at the time financially dependent on our father and completely loved him. She was to get with him since he was, they were 19, five children. I'm the middle child, right? And then I'm saying to myself, I'm going to be more like my father. I'm going to be educated because I wanted, even I understand, I wanted that power so that right. nobody could ever come at me like that, right? So he was very, he was college educated. He was um, financially set or, you know, decent wise sure. and um, articulate. Well, you know, spoke well. I wanted those things for myself, even though I hated what he did to her because and I knew he was a monster. A I wanted, right, right. I wanted opposites. Exactly. But when I got into this relationship, what I didn't understand is that I never saw the inner workings of what my how my mom fell into the relationship with my father. I didn't see the red flags. I came in when it was already full blown. So attacks verbally, emotionally, physically, and where she was just, just downright stuck. Mm -hmm. The very first slap that I received from my abuser was after three months of dating. And I was thinking that we were living out something from a Hallmark movie dates lavish dates flowers oh. gifts um you know opening my car door every, like i was i said to myself what did i do to earn or expect this level of attention and love from someone because i'd never gotten it before and by the time the three mark mark hit it was because those red flags had already gone over my head he used to question 
um, why I was talking to certain guy friends that I've had for, for a very long time. He questioned why I had single friends and was always curious as to why I would still go out with them because at any given point, he thought that they would, you know, draw me to somebody else that was single and right. I, they were no good for me. So there, there was the isolation happening, right? Absolutely. Grooming me to make me feel like the people that cared about me really they didn't. Really and they were really bad you. for me. Right. Yes, they didn't care about me. So that was one. Two, always checking up on me. So oh. we would talk at least two to three to four, sometimes five times before I even got to the office. Was it always on the phone? You? What are you doing? Where are you? What are you doing? Right. To yeah. make sure Mm -hmm. That I am where I say I am went over my head. I just thought, oh my gosh, he cares about me. He would pick me up. If I stood, I was going to Suffolk University at nights and working an entry-level job in corporate America. When he picked me up at nights at Suffolk, if the security guard was too close to me, he questioned that. Yeah. Well, what, what was he telling you? <laughs> what, I'm, I'm, I'm what, were you right. what were you talking about? Yeah. Well, doesn't he know that you have a boyfriend? Why is he standing so close to you? And it happened more than once. But I kept... And all those times, what did I do? I accounted and and tried to overcompensate for the feelings that he was feeling, not understanding that I was making myself smaller. I was a social he, butterfly. The more that over you overcompensated, the more power he started to develop over you. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So you overcompensate, you make mm -hmm. yourself smaller. And over time, Keith, to your point earlier, you become a person that is looking to just please mm -hmm. make things, keep things quiet, not ruffle feathers. And you look two, three months into this thing and you're like, okay, this is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Why then, don't stay? forget, you know, they'll, they'll do a sprinkle of nice. Do you know what I'm saying? So, right. So you, it's all mixed in. So yeah. you, your first slap happens and you say, Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't understand what this thing is, but I know it's bad. He slapped right. me. He stormed out over jealous, paranoid behavior. And I immediately equated with my mother's issue. And I know it's bad. I just don't have a term. I don't know it's domestic violence. I just know that it's bad. And I say, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm never, I'm not going to call him again. But three months in, all the nice things that he had done besides this thing were still wearing in the back of my head. I'm saying to myself, lightning might not strike twice. Okay. When Sorry. is this ever going to happen again? Yeah. Yeah. So when he comes with the apology, he said, sprinkle a bit of nice crystal. When he comes with the apology, when he sends two dozen purple roses, to my house with a card that said, I miss you. I love you. Call me. I'm sorry. And I turn on my prepaid cell phone back in 2001. You got the prepaid <laughs> minutes. And I have a slew of messages from him saying, I'm sorry. Call me. I'm worried. Where are you? And I call him back and I hear how remorseful oh, yeah. he is. And, and coupled with the roses. Right. And the card. My gosh. You know what? It was just a slap. Mm -hmm. It wasn't as bad. My, I mean, he didn't beat me with a machete. Right. And and you say, because you're a good person, he's sorry. That's what you say to yourself. He's sorry. And it, it won't happen again. Right. But in part, he sought to talk to take no accountability, which is very common with abusers. Never take accountability for what they do. So he says to me during that call, in part, I love you so much that the thought of you being with someone else drives me insane. So I made him slap me. Right. 
because I didn't check in with him that particular morning. I made him slap. Yeah. What do you do with that at 21? What do you do with that at 34? When you have somebody treating you the 54, it doesn't matter the age. Right. When you hear those things and again, you've, you've wrapped up all the other nice things. Well, you know what? Ah, it was just a slap. Maybe I, and you maybe make I shouldn't shit. have gone all day without calling. You're like, that's, mm -hmm. that's how they make you feel. That's how they make you feel. Legitimately. Legitimately. So that first apology turned into almost two years of abuse. The honeymoon phase then set in. Things are great. Mm -hmm. everything's awesome. It's back to being normal. I love you, honey. Let me take you on on a date. Do you want ice cream today? Do you want to watch a movie? Do you want to go down to the beach? Which was some of our frequent type of types of dates. Everything's great until something that was affecting him is it needs to be played out on me. Absolutely. And he Absolutely. began to build because the more I allowed Mm -hmm. The liberties to be taken, the more he upped the ante. And this is how the abuse, sometimes it's not just that cut and dry, the cycle of violence. However, oftentimes this is how they groom you. Sometimes you get into a relationship and the beatings start a week later. Yeah. Right. And because you know from your background that this is how you receive love, I often tell folks that parents are our first indicators of what our adult relationships are going to look like. Absolutely. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if abuse is present in the home, you're teaching your son how to give love. You're teaching your daughter, mom, how to receive love. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we need to take some accountability there, right? They, children will do what they see. It, right. It's not the old saying, don't do what I do, do what I say. Right. That is ridiculous. This is why I called the book, The Legacy He Left Me. Oftentimes, people hear legacy and they think something tangible and of worth. Right. Attitudes and behaviors that we pattern for our kids is what is passed down oftentimes, even Absolutely. if you never have a dollar. Right. How often do you sit back and you say, oh, my God, I just did what my mother would do. Oh, my mm. God, that was my mother. Oh, my God, that was my dad. Mm -hmm. Literally, I'm becoming my father. How often do you hear that? Oh, yeah. It's not because it's it's not it's not something crazy. That's what you know. Right. Right. You go on and you mm -hmm. have kids. Oftentimes we take a good sprinkle of how we were disciplined mm -hmm. or brought up and we pass it on to our children. Or we go opposite. But 90% of the time, it's the attitudes and behaviors that we've learned that we go on to perpetuate, whether it be in relationships whether it be in our in our personalities, yep. it's passed down. So yeah. um, I will digress. I've said a lot. <laughs> I'll try to wrap up. <laughs> I go on and on about this issue. I'm, I'm actually I'm... glad that you're bringing this to the forefront because I think a lot of times people don't understand the insidiousness of the behavior. Do, yes. do you know what I'm saying? And I listen. Yes. I divorced a malignant narcissist. I unfortunately mm. have a malignant narcissist father. I have a malignant narcissist brother. So. Yeah. I think what you don't understand is you gravitate to the things you know. And sadly yes. for me, I married a guy who was worse than my dad. Mm. You, you know what I'm saying? So yep. like, because I was so busy running from what that was, I ran right, right into it. Because to it. Yep. in the beginning, they are charming. They are nice. You don't realize that they're mirroring you, right? They're giving Legit. you things that you think that you need. You know yep. what I'm saying? So yep. abusers are... Um, very crafty and uh, listen, all level of abusers are very, yes. crafty, but yes. they watch you and they figure out all the things that you need, right? Or they listen, 
Yes. In and the beginning of relationships, you are getting to know someone. Oh, yeah. And you are giving a lot of who you are, a lot of where you came from. This is ammo that they're building on. Absolutely. Okay. So it doesn't just come from anywhere. They all play from the same playbook. So I agree with you, Crystal, 110,000%. So that's one of the reasons why I'm really passionate about, because unfortunately, I hate saying it like this, but all of my girlfriends or, um, and even some of my guy friends too, are like divorcing narcissists or have divorced a narcissist and didn't realize until they were in the relationship, like this isn't. This isn't normal. What what is this? Do you know what I'm saying? So that's why I'm so passionate about spreading the word. The other thing is I follow some of Dr. Romney. She's the foremost expert on um, narcissism and narcissistic behaviors. Um, But that's one of the things we abuse. So abusers typically have some sort of personality disorder, right? But you just don't know it because it's not tattooed on their foreheads. Absolutely not. And that's what the scary, and a lot of them look normal. They look so nice. You know what I'm saying? They see, they Absolutely. present great. This, some of them seem so successful and wonderful mm-hmm. until you are in with the monster. You don't realize it's a monster. So I think this is great that you bring this <clears> over. <throat> I'm, I'm super passionate about it, Laverne. I'm right there. Yes. Yes. No, I mean, I and, 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 and you're absolutely right. They, so the layers again, they don't want to be, who wants to be known as an abusive Right. Nobody wants to know. So you present, and it doesn't matter if you're successful or not. That's that's another thing. It doesn't matter what level you're at. They all come presenting well. Oh, yeah. Okay. They all present well because those layers, they don't want people to see who they really are, Mm -hmm. right? Behind closed doors. Okay. So they will present well. And you know, I'm a nice guy. Oh, yeah. And you know, yeah. Or nice women because they're friends. Well, oh like, my gosh, yes. In the world, they seem helpful. Kind, oh my gosh, sensitive. You know oh. what I'm saying? And you're that like, was my dad. Yeah, absolutely. And that was and, my that was my abuser. And that was pres- that's what my father was too. So mm-hmm. I would meet people who knew, and they're like, "Oh, your dad is the best guy. He's so charming." And I would be like, "Oh my god, you don't even know this You have no <laughs> idea. Yep, you have so, no." idea but that's that's what's so insidious about it and then even with family members you know like they may abuse their wife let's just say it's a husband he may abuse his wife right yeah um but everybody else in the family he treats great or mm-hmm. there's a scapegoat child you know like because you know they get jealous of their kids there's so mm-hmm. many layers of it or we'll yep. just abuse one of the children or two of the you know what i'm saying in a group it's yes it's the craziest of things but i think um Without judges being educated, because that's the other thing, because mm-hmm. the court system abuses you too, because they just come in, they see Absolutely. two people and, right. oh, they must have had a domestic, it's a, 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 a crime of passion. It must have been a domestic abuse issue, blah, blah, blah. You don't know the behaviors that have gone on with this. and Leading up to this problem. point, yeah. Mm-hmm. And why this person has to be removed, like, and we mm-hmm. cannot have any contact and I can't have them show back up and know where I live and follow me home. Cause I have a girlfriend living that right now. He's, he stalks outside of her, her company every day. So she has to hire a car service and do oh. secret transport. So, I mean, like, you don't know yes. who the crazy, you sadly, you don't know who the crazy is and it's turned the kids against her. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I've, um, I've learned from Dr. Romney is you have to start communicating to your children. You don't have to say, um, your mother or father is bad. 
You don't have mm-hmm. to you absolutely have to start addressing behaviors and saying, I don't like the way your mother treats me. I don't right. like the way your father treats me. These behaviors that I'm seeing, they're not good for us. So that the kids' antennas start to go up and go, well, maybe something is amiss. So it's, yes. it's all of those kinds of things, but with yes. the communication component of it, right? Mm-hmm. No prepared, but the court system specifically, we have to do something. And yes. Something has to be done. And that's just, I think on a, on a fundamental level, just for safety and awareness, especially if you've ever gone through a divorce with a narcissist and yeah. they carry it out and carry it out and carry And you're like, to, co- to continue that power and control right. in that, in that manner. It's literally, how can I keep control over this person? Mm-hmm. You won't be with me, but this is how I can still control your life. Absolutely. Right? Or, or the stalking. The other part, too, is mm-hmm. you know, narcissists are notorious for stalking, right? Because yep. they can't feel like you that you discarded them. They can't yep. feel that way. So it's right. like you have to address the psychology behind that. We can't have contact. I can't have anything to do with them on social media. I can't yep. let them know where I live. Do you yep. know what I'm saying? It's all of those things, too. Absolutely. I com- I completely agree. I'm 110,000%. I feel like we 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 kind of kicked out Keith a little bit. <laughs> no, no, it was it's a, it's a great look look and 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 this is a great discussion and there's a lot of discussions that I feel sometime when I go right on Facebook and I tell men, "Hey men, STFU. You you need to listen and pay attention." You know when when the women's rights were starting up about abortions and things of that sort and there was a lot of guys out there. I'm like, "Man, just just STFU." Just right. listen, because there's but, a lot uh, you really can't bring to this table, man. That's you know? true, Keith. Pay but attention. on the flip side, we do, we do, I feel passionate about this because we do have to involve men in the conversation, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. In a positive way, not yeah. not having them, on, but given, a lot of the times, there are men. So there's a subsection of society that are abusers. It's yep. not, it's not right. the whole, right? Absolutely. We, yep. we, 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 we have all of us, I think have, and you Keith, are, are men that do not abuse. It's that subsection, right? Mm-hmm. That makes all men look bad, right. unfortunately. Yeah. However, the ones that aren't abusing oftentimes are looking for permission, but because it's been a women's rights issue for so long or from the dawn of time, they don't feel like they have that voice, which is why the nationwide right ribbon campaign was started. And it asks more men to be part of the solution and ending or helping to end the violence against women, right? And so what it does is it gives men and boys an opportunity to be part of the conversation. Um, there's a gentleman on our board that has done this work now for many, many years. His name is Antonio Arendelle. He was at Derby um, checking in VIP folks. And so um, he's very passionate about this work. And you, Keith, you're sitting here and you're you're advocating. You're saying, gosh, guys, man up, right? Not in the way that you think, but really take a step back and listen. And I think because 90% of the time men are abusers, there has they have to be part of the convo. They have to understand that they have a voice. When men are talking to other men about this issue, so if you're going to the barbershop every Saturday and you have the ability to hear from a friend that you've known for years or you just know at the barbershop and they're talking outside their mouth, man, I beat that bee so bad last night. Or, um, you know, she's going to respect me in my house. What is your responsibility? 
Do you sit and say nothing? Or do you pull him square and say, yo, I don't, I, I can't rock with you if that's See, the I, way you. I'm, I'm that type of dude. I'm putting somebody right. in their place. <laughs> I'm not, I can't rock with you if that's the way you respect your wife. So you're calling them out on the behavior, right? You're not being confrontational. Mm -hmm. You're not saying I'm going to fight you. You're not walking down the street and you're seeing a, a fight happening. You're jumping in because what happens? You beat up the abuser and then she still goes home with, with her abuser and then he yeah. takes it out on her. So, so you do nobody any favors by mocking it up. But so, calling 911 is what you do, right? Being always, an upstander. Well, so I, I always say to guys is, because you know a lot of men get abused by their women too. Right. Yes. I yes. always say then why do you have to ask yourself a few questions? Why are you still in this relationship? What is it that you're getting out of this relationship? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, um, I have a, had a guy friend uh, that I worked with recently. His wife punched him in the face after a family wedding. She was really intoxicated. And it's like, but he said she's been um, volatile for a long time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, so then why are you still staying in this relationship? Like, what what is it that you're getting out of it? If it's right systematically worse with this person you probably can't be together and that's a fair assessment but what we often want to say because a victim is a victim and the mm -hmm. stats are yeah. one in every three teens one in every four women and one in every seven men will be abused in their lifetime and that's a fact and that is and those are just yeah. the reported numbers okay right. Right, However, right. a victim is a victim. We can't we can't say to one, "I'll empower you," and then say to the next one, "Why are you Why are you staying?" It's the same, and I we can't we that's that's sort of driving them back to where mm -hmm. where where they're well, staying. I think, I think one of the things that we have to all start asking ourselves is, I can't continue to put my because so the reason why I'm using his as an example is because he has teenage kids, mm -hmm. and his son actually strangled a girl at school. Right. So clearly the child is seeing Learned. behaviors Learned at behavior. Home, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So it's one of the things that we all have to start saying, like, then why why are we in these relationships? Why do you continue to stay in this? Because clearly this is now spiraling out of control. And the, Absolutely. Why, the other thing too is um, so at the wedding, so the wife hit him and punched him in the face. Okay, because she he she said he was looking at another woman at the bar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um which yeah. has nothing to do with him, but everything right. to do with her. Right. Absolutely. And so I was, I was trying to say to him, I was like, so what was her rationale? So you were looking at this woman. So she felt that she could punch you in the face. Like the, does right. that even make it? Like, I was like, if you think about it in those terms, does it even make any sense? Right. I was like, you, right. you have to kind of figure out where the separation points are going to be and start getting a plan together because that can't be your, what are you going to be? 75 punching each other in the face? You're going to be right. like, you know what I'm saying? Right. The parking lot at work in, in the morning, like straight, like come on, we can't. No, right, and, and right. We, we on the outside understand that. They don't. They're in the fog. Right. So okay. it doesn't matter how many times you tell him that he needs to leave and be out. He's going to go back. Right. What he needs to be is empowered. Same way a victim. I tell folks all the time. If you empower a victim and you give them the level of choice, not telling them what to do, they're they're probably going to make the choice to leave at some point. Right. Victims know what's best for them in those moments. So he may be, again, there are many reasons why he is deciding to stay, but only he knows those reasons. And right. only he, he, he has to get to the point where he's had enough. But if he knows when he gets to the point where he's had enough, what to do next, 
That's right. empowerment. So you find out what the DV agency is in this area. And he said, look, take a minute, take a minute, or send him the link to the many domestic violence um, agency websites have red flag signs. Okay. right have i'm in this relationship and this is what it looks like oftentimes friends and family they're not trying to hear us they're not gonna hear us okay it's like talking to a brick wall because again they're not trying to make a move now they know when it's going to be best for them to leave but if you give them a link third party someone to talk to far removed from the situation and they read it in black and white oh my god check check jealous behavior paranoid checking on me um punching me belittling me um, and they they read that and they check all those boxes. Maybe a bell goes off, right? So you give them the link to the domestic violence agent and say, look, when you have a minute, when you're by yourself, take a look at this when you have a second. I'm not telling you what to do. You make the choice. When you're right. ready, I'm here. When you're ready, I will go with you to find out what the resources are. I will take you to the resource. You need to empower them and then let, without judgment, sure. let them know that you're there for them, man or woman. Right. Yes, or say, woman. Because exactly. I think we look at men in these situations. I can tell you there was one day after the helicon one year, uh -huh. I was driving, leaving Brockton and going to Boston with my mom, my husband and my daughter in the car. And I was passing by. If you know Westgate Mall, you know, mm -hmm. just before you meet the light where you can turn into the mall, like if you go into 24, yep. there's a pullover sort of um, sort of a breakdown lane area yep. right there. There's a car parked as we are pulling, slowing up to the light. Right. And this woman, you could visibly see, she is over this guy okay, from the passenger side. And she's punching him in his bald head. Wow. Triggered. I'm immediately triggered. I pull over. I said, oh, my God, what is she doing? My husband's like, whoa, 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 what, what's happening? I come out the car. And I start yelling because one of the things that they tell you to do is not physically get yourself involved in one of those right. altercations because, again, you're not solving anything, but right. you can distract. Yep. Okay. You can yell from where you are from a safe distance. You can call 911 from a safe distance. So I start yelling, What are you doing? Get off of him. He comes out the car. He says, Sister, I'm so glad you see something. And you said something. He said, I called the police and they laughed at me when I called because the, the, the idea is. You're a pussy. Man up. Yeah. Same way that judges have to be trained, same way right. across the board, police stations and police officers have to be trained on this issue. They laughed it because you are taught from very young in terms of gender stereotypes that boys are not supposed to cry. If a, if you like a girl, you're going to bet her. You need to bet as much as you can. Um, you, you don't show emotion, yeah. right? If you get skinned on the knee, man up, like toughen up. Whereas a girl, she is supposed to be quiet until she's spoken to. She's supposed mm -hmm. to dress daintily. She's supposed to make things work. If right. your your brother hit you, well, oh gosh, just deal with it. If somebody right. pulls your hair on the playground, it's okay. He likes you, right? And we, we teach these things and these things are ingrained in us in society. So when we see a man being hit, it's like, man, he's a pussy. Right. No, he's a victim. <laughs> and it's the same way. Yeah. It's the same way. You better that, right? what, what is really manning up? What is that? Right? Right? Yeah. I'm manning up because I'm saying something to you. And I you, you know now that I'm a victim. But how are you going to? It's all about empowerment. No matter mm. what no matter what the gender is, it's all about empowerment. So that's the only thing I would say. And it doesn't matter how old you are either. Empowerment, yeah. empowerment, empowerment, empowerment. I'm going to let you make a choice because in this relationship, I know you have none. 
Right. So I'm going to give you the ball in your court and I'm going to be, I'll tell you over and over again, you're ready. I'm here. I'm a phone call away. Okay. And that's, that's what we try to drive folks toward because it's easy for us to say it's very, I shouldn't say it's easy. It is frustrating for yep. us on yep. the outside looking in to know that what this person is experiencing is horrible. And that they should not be there, but they don't know that. And they're not ready to come to that point yet. They haven't gotten I, to their breaking point yet. So I absolutely agree. And a lot of yeah. times you don't even realize the swell that's going on in the relationship. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because you get, when you're dealing with an abuser, you're numbed down, right? Yes. So you're not even like seeing all the things. Rash. You're in a fog. Yeah. You're in a fog and it takes, it sometimes takes, I tell people all the time, they see me on the circuit, they see me traveling, I have a book and I have a foundation and I am still on a healing journey, mm -hmm. okay? It will probably take me forever till I, God forbid, pass away. Well, I will pass away. To to even get to some semblance of, I still suffer from PTSD. Right. I am scared of my own shadow. I cannot sit with my back to a door. My mm -hmm. husband has to announce himself when he comes into our bathroom. Because I am like lit that this is my physical, even though I'm in a safe setting, my right. children, mommy, it's us. It's just us in the house. Right. I have nightmares. If I have mm -hmm. a bad day of women being beaten and killed much of what I look, what my mother looked like, um, you know, during her time of uh, brutal abusiveness that right. she was receiving, I have brutal nightmares that I wake up in cold set sweats from, from time to time. And I know that I've had a bad day because of that. Okay. Right. right, right. Um, PTSD follows you. People hear that term and they think only war veterans <clears throat> is what it applies to. If you've gone through any type of trauma in your life, to be able to identify mm -hmm. that, you simply <laughs> talk to a therapist and let them diagnose right. you because right. trust and believe. And they're everywhere. If you are in an abusive relationship and you're listening to this broadcast and you think to yourself, my gosh, there's nothing else. This is where I'm destined to be. Please know that it is not. There's help everywhere. If you call and confidentially speak to a domestic violence advocate in your area, they have counseling that is free, no cost to you. They have um, um, trauma uh, counseling for you and or your children. They have shelter space. If you don't have money to get a flight out of the state, Love Life Now will help you up to $500 to get you out. Mm. Okay? If you don't have money to buy clothes because you're thinking, my gosh, if I leave, he's going to take and keep everything. We will help you. It's right. a simple application on our website. So there are resources out there to help you, but staying where you are and staying silent is a detriment to you and or your kids. This issue right. breeds in silence. Right. And the, the time you pick up the phone or say something to somebody that you trust, that's where the healing begins. We got a ton of people in the chat. Debbie Fitzgerald, Dave Haggerty, Christopher Gagney, Tyler Zanowski, Michelle Sibley, um, all you guys were in the chat watching. Hi, this is great stuff. I love it, I love it. Um, Hi, Michelle. We, we were only supposed to speak with our guest for 15 minutes because she had to go, but but she put a lot of knowledge out there, and I know she's going to get back to the kids. So I want you to be able to talk about your social media, where people can follow you and find you, and please, please, please plug this event that's happening in Brockton. Yeah, June. we would love for folks to come out to the Healathon on June 3rd, be a part of a community. We know some folks are not able to make the walk physically, um, and we know you chair us on right from where you're at, and we appreciate you and we love you. But being a part of the of a community that says no more 
that is something that speaks volume to survivors. Whether or not you come to this event or the next event in the fall, we appreciate you and we thank you. So June 3rd at 8.30, show up. If you are not registered yet, you can go on to lovelifenow.org slash healathon or just lovelifenow.org. That is where you can find us on all our social media. I appreciate you, Keith, for creating space. Thank you, Crystal, for creating space around this issue. Again, this issue breeds in silence. And the more we talk about it, the mm -hmm. better for folks that need to, for the, for the message to get to folks who need it right where they're at. Yeah. And what I'm going to do is we're going to take a quick break to let her go. But what I'm going to do here, <clears throat> I usually have a countdown for break. Uh, what I'm going to do here is I'm going to show a video um, that you guys have seen on this show several times. And it's very personal to me. Um, the video is from a young boy named Bruce Bills. He's a, he's a singer. And Bruce Bills watched his mother be abused all the way up until now where he's 20 years old. And now he's a performer. When you watch this video, people, I'm going to warn you. This video is from his perspective as a child watching his mother go through the abuse. And... I commend his mother because his mother is Renee Gonzalez. She's on TikTok. She's a DV survivor. And she plays herself in this video reliving the incidents that happened during this abuse. This video is one of the most powerful videos you will see on the booth. So what we're going to do is going to take a quick break. We're going to take care and show you this video. Bruce Bill's video called Renee's Pain. Please, please, please. I know the visuals in this are kind of hard to swallow. They're triggering. They can be triggering. Yeah. Self-care. If you need to step away, please step away. Yeah, but you have to remember, this is from the visual of this boy who's now in his 20s of what he saw as a kid. It's very powerful. Here it is. Bruce Bills, Renee's Pain, here on the booth. We'll be back after this. Okay.
be here for you, mama. So don't ever think that I won't. Booth broadcasting live from the City of Champions. That was, first I got to thank my guest, my first guest, Laverne Gordon. <clears throat> She's going to be doing this heel-a-thon. She's actually going to come back on in October uh, for another event that's Domestic Violence Awareness Month is October, which is also Breast Cancer Month. Um, I got to thank everybody in the chat. That video, Renee's Pain, as I said, that I, I'm sorry if it was triggering to some people, but, you know, this was from a young boy's perspective, seeing his mother abused and how this guy, you know, he beat her up and then he'd come home with flowers and make the, you know, it, everything that we just talked about for the last hour is in that video, that power. But Crystal is on with me. We're going to talk about some of these topics that I got going on before I get into the news booth. And I got to say this. Here's a picture right now. Boom. That is a picture of my dad back in the day. Um, if you guys see this picture, this is Turbans Health and Fitness Club. My dad used to go to the gym all the time. Um, he was in a leg press competition. And as you can see, he maxed out the weights and then they added weights. And if I'm not mistaken, my dad actually broke the record that day at the gym. And I talk about, I, I, it's awesome. And I talk about how moments in your life um, that define you as a person and, you know, going with my dad and him making me go and seeing him accomplish this is one of those things that sticks in my head to the type of person I am today because my dad was very well respected. You see, there's a, a massive group of people around my dad. His face says it all. He accomplished this, but that face, that pain in here shows it all. The reason why I'm showing this to you guys is because today's my dad's birthday, Aww. 77 years old. So to my dad, William R. Hayes, um, he has, yeah, he has a lot of milestones. He's well known in the MBTA community. Uh, my dad was one of the first black supervisors and superintendents in the MBTA. Um, so it's glad to see my dad here with me, 77 years old. So happy birthday to my dad. And again, I got Crystal joining me. We got to get into this news booth. We're running a little bit over, but that's okay because we also got triple threat. <clears throat> Tuesday, and we've got a happy hour with Lido, the Triangle Offense Podcast. But let's get into the news booth. I just showed you the picture of my dad. Again, happy birthday. Also in the news booth, three years after they closed the top of the hub, which we knew something was up. We knew something was up. We knew there was a reason why the top of the hub went by. That The place was always packed. There was always reservations filled. COVID hit, top of the hub. Closed down. Everybody was wondering why. And, of course, we know why. Somebody wanted the, the Prudential had better use of this space. The top of the Pru closed, top of the hub. And they've just announced, here we are, three years later, the Pru has announced that they have now converted the top three floors of the Prudential as this new panoramic, panoramic. view. Right on the view rooftop with all glass where you'll be able to go up on the roof and look out. To the city of Boston, there will be a restaurant and a nightclub and all this stuff 
that now is under the proof. This is all their business. And, right. you know, there's nobody paying a lease or rent anymore. You see what I'm saying? And this is these are the type of things that happen. So pay attention, people. Um, but will we all go and check it out? Yeah, we'll probably all go there. We'll probably all check it out. And we'll go from there. In the legal booth, I got to get somebody on this show because I don't know anything about this, but Salem has become the sixth city in Massachusetts to decriminalize psychotic mushrooms, shrooms. Amen. Look, I know know nothing about shrooms. I don't eat shrooms because I hate mushrooms. But I do hear that the health benefits of shrooms is right up there with marijuana in regards to PTSD, anxiety, and things of that sort. Are you familiar with, because I know that I can't speak on this. I just know that it's decriminalizing now in Salem, and everybody's saying that this is the next thing that's going to get pushed through the feds. Uh, Krista, you want to add on that? Because I know nothing about it. Um, Well, the chemical in in mushrooms supposedly helps with depression, right? That's one of the, in anxiety. So that's why they're trying to push it through and, and decriminalize it, only because you know, now we're realizing that depression and anxiety are so prevalent in our society, especially after COVID, right? Yeah. yeah. And um, sadly, as someone who's also been on antidepressants myself, antidepressants a lot of times are ineffective and they shrink. It feels like your brain is shrinking if you've ever been on them. Mm-hmm. So with the mushrooms, the chemical allows you to relax, right? Without the effects of and the paranoia that you feel when you... um take antidepressants. So that's why they're pushing it through. And some of these antidepressants are dangerous. The side effects yeah. are dangerous. Some some Absolutely. still lead to suicide. Some still lead to people committing murder because some of these antidepressants that are chemically created are, are bad news. So, you know, I'm, I'm actually working with trying to get someone on professional to really come on and talk about um, these, these rooms. Is, um, it has been going on a lot in California. <clears throat> that's where this whole trend started. But it supposedly really works. So, you know, we've got to we've got to do something because this depression, anxiety portion that's happening in our society is a really big deal. And it's not talked about enough. Do you know what I'm saying? And then right, like right. the rates of loneliness now, too. So you need you need something. And it, it's better to have a, a natural variable that will help rather than, you know, the antidepressants. Right, also, right. Um, Ladies, if you've ever dated a guy who's used antidepressants, he has a hard time getting an erection, and that's a downer, too. So there you go. They have all the things. Now you know all the things. Just putting it out there. Uh, And Montana, Montana has banned TikTok from app stores um, because of the so-called security issues. Here's the thing, though, people. Pay attention to this story because this kind of goes deeper. They've decided that they don't want TikTok to be sold in the app stores because they feel it's a security risk, blah, blah, blah. Here's the thing, people. I'm a gamer. I like gaming with my my two sons. This is the time that we have together. Um, if a mayor doesn't like a certain video game, guess what? He can say, I don't like this video game. The new Grand Theft Auto is coming out soon. Um, they can say, hey, we don't want these stores selling this product online to to possibly our kids because we have parents that, this is the stuff that it leads up to yeah you may not like tiktok you may not be a fan of tiktok but when government starts doing things like this and taking away your choice of freedoms this is something really to pay attention to i agree but i feel like uh tiktok is, is far more dangerous though because what they can steal your data so it's opened your phone up to to them being able to patrol everything that's on your phone, and that's what they're concerned about. 
know. And, and, and that's why we had the court case uh, two weeks ago where the USA is now taking over all of that security. Everything's yeah. going to be kept here in America. Um, so they, they first and foremost is going to happen. <laughs> But, but what people don't realize is those servers are still in China. The yes, exactly. China. Yes, exactly. So again, and, and here's my other thing about TikTok that I hate, and I've I've called some parents out on it. You can spend two or three hours teaching your kids a 30-second TikTok dance, but they still got F's in school because you can't sit down for one hour to do their homework. So I'm just letting y'all I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just putting you, you out there. Preach. Right, because <laughs> I'm on TikTok and I see a lot of parents with their kids doing these cute dances. I see one and two year old babies able to do things that they should not be doing because their parents are allowing their babies to be on social media. So this is yeah. You think it's cute that a baby is reciting something from TikTok? No, it it it, it, it you laugh at it, but it's kind of scary. And it, TikTok and um and just so you know, TikTok in China is very different than it's the, oh my god. I saw it. math and chemistry and over here we're like someone with who has no arms and no legs get kicked out of the way by their boyfriend. Like I saw yeah. on sixty minutes the TikTok version of 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 in China on sixty minutes, and it's a complete one eighty mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. what we have here in America. Absolutely. 180, 180. Then you wonder why Chinese kids are coming here and taking all the good jobs too. The, it, 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 it's yeah. crazy. So um, in the entertainment booth last night, <laughs> man, oh man, oh man. I sat down. I watched the TMZ. Look, I didn't even watch WWE Raw last night. I wow. watched the TMZ special on Britney Spears. Oh. It's covering the whole first year of her being out of the conservatory. There was some stuff that we reported on this show because it came right from TMZ because they've, they've had their ears to the grind. <clears throat> um, and last night, they were actually able to put out stuff out there that people have not heard yet. Um, they actually released videos that came from her boys who want nothing to do with her and her boys. And here's the scary thing, Crystal. They showed a video of instance between her and her boys where Britney Spears is not the Britney that we're seeing on Instagram. She's not the it's a completely scary, different person. Like when I watched it, it was almost like watching somebody with split personalities. The way she was talking to her kids, I'm like, I'm like, holy Christ. I'm like, this is why. And then she went on to talk about they had an interview with her. And they went on to talk with her about how she went to her psych psychiatric appointment and she was speaking the whole visit in British, like she had a British yeah. accent. And that's what led to her getting locked up. And the psychiatrist was on and he explained that when these people do these things and right. believe and get into these things where they talk British or things of that sort, that's a serious mental disorder. Um, they also talked about the husband is going through abuse. Um, yeah. That has been brought up. Um, they are saying that the marriage is, is almost on the end of its rope um, because they said Britney is very aggressive. Um, she's not supposed to be around knives, um, which we knew this before. Um, and some of the other scary things that they talked about was um, the nudity, the, the, the self, the stuff that we see on Instagram. And they were saying that and her talking about uh, Drew. Dr. Drew was one of the main doctors on this. He was talking about the caffeine binges 
yeah. that she goes and, on. And then don't forget, she was notorious for using Adderall for years, too. Yes. Yes. And one of the things they said that people don't are not aware of is that Britney goes on these weird binges where she will sleep for three days straight. And then she's up for five days straight. And then by the fifth day of being up for five days, and they said she's an absolute. She's a maniac. Yeah, it, it was it was it was a sad story. Um, it's crazy. In those court documents with her dad, though, um, and listen, and I absolutely <clears throat> family took advantage of her. Let's let's not play any games. They mm -hmm. absolutely took advantage of her. But her father did say that um, he thought she was schizophrenic. Yeah, yeah. Or that it was a meth addiction or a coke addiction. Mm hmm. So he said, like, he, he recognized that something was psychologically wrong with her. He said she had serious bouts of aggression and anger. Yeah, right? when I saw the videos of her and her son, I, I was like, oh, my God. And then they interviewed a little part with Kevin Fenneline. Now, I remember watching a Netflix special, and clinically, Brittany, at the age of, in her 20s, she was clinically diagnosed with premature dementia. Right. For people who know, dementia does, it, it messes you up mm -hmm. mentally. Absolutely. And, and this is what led to her acting career going kaput because she couldn't cope <clears throat> with becoming a character and then switching back. And that's scary. That yeah, is, well, that, that was why one of the uh, psychiatrists thought that she was a schizophrenic. Because yeah. it was a clear personality disorder, which is how the father got the, um, the conservatory. Yes, over her. But I think one of the things is because this mental illness thing is a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. She won't go get on meds now, but she self-medicates. We can't, you like, you can't have it both ways. Do you know right. what I'm saying? <clears throat> right. And I think that's part of the, the problem because now that she is on her own, she's doing what she wants. And she is sadly not the Britney Spears that we are like, you know, he's so lucky, he's a star. You know what I'm saying? He's right, the, right. It's not the same person. Yeah. So if you haven't if you haven't watched it yet, it's pretty scary. It's pretty eye opening. I feel so bad for her because, you know, the whole episode is about mental illness. They really yeah. put the mental illness side of her in your face. They really, really put it there. Um, you know, they talk about how all these fans wanted her free, but now a lot of her fan base is like, man, she she does really need help. She does need to be in this like, well, it's too late now. But there was a report that they were about to put the conservatory back into place. It was going to be an intervention. But for some reason, it didn't happen. It crashed. Nobody knows why. Everybody's really tight lipped about it. Um, but she did go away. And that's and that yeah. that that was the issue. She did go away. Uh, yeah. But we'll see. It's, it's just a sad, tragic story um, in the sports booth. Rest in peace. <clears throat> NFL Hall of Famer. And humanitarian Jim Brown, 87 years old. Um, so he, yeah, he passed so away last week. And, you know, it's it's a tough one losing all these people that, you know, I grew up watching. Um, tonight, it's 8.18 already. 8.30 is tip-off. The Boston yeah. Celtics will face the Miami Heat. And the key is, is will they suffer the same fate as the Lakers tonight getting swept? I hope not. Um, I don't but, know. I don't have a lot of faith in the Celtics. Yeah, fans, yeah. You know what? I'm a huge Celtics fan, but and here's the thing, people. It's it's a tough one because you know I hear everybody talking about we need to blow up the team, we need to do this. And here's the thing, y'all was saying the same thing about the floor of the Panthers when the floor of the Panthers wiped the friggin' floor the ice up with the Bruins. But now everybody's like, oh damn, 
The Florida Panthers are about to win the Stanley Cup huh? when they yeah. shouldn't. And now you're like, now everybody's like, well, <laughs> maybe the Bruins weren't that good. So here's the thing. The Miami Heat is a team of undrafted players. You know, everybody sees this. If if Miami Heat goes on and wins the entire damn thing, you're going to have to say to yourself, well, maybe we shouldn't blow up the team. Maybe the Miami Heat was just that good that we right. didn't realize it. So Humpy breaks a little bit. Let's see what happens tonight. Um, and there's some other stuff I'm going to be getting into, but I'm going to talk about in a different episode about sports being fixed. And I'm going to dedicate a whole episode of how, oh, how being I, fixed, baby. Yeah. How I I've been, and, and, and I'll give people a taste. The Patriots are involved in this conversation. There's, there's a lot of teams that I'm going to break it down for you. And you're going to say to yourself, when you leave this episode, when I do this special episode about the possibility of sports being fixed for money and for yeah. this and that, you're going to say, holy Christ, you're going to walk away and you're going to be talking about it with people the next day. Uh, Patriots, Kyle Duggar. We don't hear this much. Guys go to college. Uh, we don't hear much about him. But Kyle Duggar just graduated from Lenore University. That's the university that he attended, that he got drafted from. He actually finished up his bachelor's degree in psychology. So kudos to him. So this isn't just a guy who's out there like a Gronkowski who took just a physical course to just get through college and get to college. This is a guy who actually went to college. He got himself a bachelor's degree in psychology, Kyle Duggar. He's on the secondary. He's on the defense. He's a great player for the Patriots, but I got to give props and props to do psychology, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and a black man at that, you know, that's, that's even more, you know, because you got, you got, and here's the thing that pisses me off people. Here's the, here's the thing. I don't see anybody on their timelines congratulating Kyle Duggar on getting his bachelor's degree in psychology and being an NFL player. But last week, every black person I know was sharing stuff about John Moran and the gun. Can, can we, can we change that people? Can we, yeah. can we kind of change that? Yeah. <laughs> Cause, cause I'd rather be sharing this on my timeline with everybody versus the John Morant being the idiot for the fifth time with a gun. Yeah. With John Marin. He, he's clearly a self-saboteur. He's clearly trying to wreck his. I mean, how many times do you have to talk to him? How many times? Do you, how many times do you have to get spoken to by your boss before you're like, oh, maybe I got to change my behavior? Do you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, how many right. times do you have to get walked into the owner's office where he has like six attorneys <laughs> and you and him before you're like, oh, is there a problem? Yeah, because I'm not letting 285 million go for flashing the gun. I'm telling you that right now. So, um, in the sports booth, also NASCAR is going to open an investigation because of a racist incident with Bubba Wallace this last weekend at the end of the race, where yeah. they were in Wilkesboro, North Carolina, and a friend of mine he said it's one of the most redneck racist places out there. Um, Bubba Wallace was being spoken to after the race, and while on the podium, you know, people were yelling out this, and they were yelling out that. You know how it is. And Bubba Wallace flipped him the bird because he was pissed off, and he finally... But then somebody hacked his communications, and they yeah. said over the radio, they told him to go back where he came from. You're an a-hole, blah, blah, blah. So now there's a big uh, incident over this. But the thing is, is that in these next two topics is, is I have a lot of white friends. You know, they come on. When I post some of these things and, you know, they, they, they're real quick to defend, you know, someone says, well, how's that racist? Well, okay. You want to know how that's racist? You go to work tomorrow. You find a black person at your job and say, go back where you came from. Guess where you're going to be. You're going to be down at HR 
possibly definitely losing your job because when you tell somebody to go back where they came from, that's a racist statement, period. It's always been a racist statement, period. You don't say it. So that's why this is racist, and this is why it's being investigated by NASCAR. And this is why people need to realize that Bubba didn't even hear it. Somebody else had to report it because they have a duty to act. Somebody in NASCAR has a duty to act that somebody said this, or you can be sued. Again, white silence is 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 just as bad. So speak up. And here's what I want to get into, because when you have the white friends that don't want to talk about that, last week on this show, in the Biden bombshells, I talked about the Patriot Front, which is this generation's KKK. Mm-hmm. They marched on Washington. Yeah. And, you know, people, somebody on my post, they said, and he's not a he's not a racist, but he says on the post, well, nothing was burnt down. Nothing was this. Nothing was that in reference to the George Floyd riots in reference to the abortion. And the thing is to me is that here's the thing, you know, when you have people for George Floyd, that's injustice. When you have people for abortion, that's women's rights. Yes. The, the Patriot Front has a right to assemble. Legally, they have a right to assemble. But guess what? The Patriot Front and the KKK preaches one thing and one thing oil only. Hate. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Well, hey. I, I, I go, I always say this to people um, when, because you know I have a lot of white friends. Yeah, yeah. I always say, I go back to what my mother always would say, okay? The, listen, the devil destroys, only God can create, Right? So if you really feel that there is nothing wrong with your behavior and you're in the right, show your face. Show your face. <laughs> show, show your face. Let, listen. Tell us all. What's up? Say mm-hmm. it. Say it. Oh, wait. You can't. And that's how you know you have a problem. The mm-hmm. other thing I'll tell you that my um, my parents used to say, this to my grandmother, she's always say, like, listen, if it's... if. Because um, God made everybody, right? Because people do this on this whole Christianity thing and blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, if then you firmly believe that God made everybody. That means he made everybody in the gene pool. Okay, not just white people, black people, brown people. He made everybody, right? Um, let's poke your eyes out. And then let's see um, how you tell people apart then. Poke them out. Get over here. Let's poke them right out. And then what are you going to do? Discriminate high pitch versus low pitch? If you need a kidney, you don't care where the kidney comes from. Mm-hmm. You just know you need a kidney. And so it's like you, you got to get over this whole thing because that's just genotype. Like, come on. And the other thing, too, that um, a, a lot of these white people here don't understand is during slavery, you know, they used to rape the slaves. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Looked at as property. Okay, so you could have a baby and, you know, anybody who's had a biracial child knows your child can run the gamut. Right. Could be very dark. It could be. That's right. White. Right. And during slavery, the ones that look completely white went off and lived their white life. So you got black in you regardless, regardless of um, the fact that uh, National Geographic just uh, reported that the first person on earth was a black woman, right? So we all came from this genotype anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you got to get over it. It's, it's 2023. It's like, get over it. Stop it. But I go back to this one point. Show your face. If nothing's wrong, show your face. And, and here's the thing. Walk out there with your face covered. Show your face, homie. And, yeah. And, and here's the thing I tell people in, in, in speaking about uh, the slavery thing that you mentioned real quick, my mom, rest in peace, mom, my mom, one of her favorite movies was imitation of life. And for those who don't know about this classic movie, imitation of life was about uh, a black 
homekeeper who worked for a white woman whose daughter was biracial. She looked white. And this whole movie was based on the treatment of how people perceived her because she was this pretty girl who everybody assumed was white. Um, I don't want to ruin it for people, but if you haven't seen Imitation Life, first of all, I'm taking your black card away. Because <laughs> uh, because Imitation of Life is probably right up there with Friday <laughs> for oh, movies that, that you see in the black home. Um, <laughs> Imitation Life, I'm a grown-ass man. I'll tell you right now, I cried. As a, I, look, look, I was a I was a 13-year-old kid and I cried at the end of Imitation Life. But let's go back to the show your face. The scary reason why all these Patriot Front members are wearing masks, it's because of this. Why? Because you have guys who are successful, doctors, policemen, military men who are losing their jobs because they went to January 6th. If you're at this white support, white supremacist rally, and you don't have a mask on, and somebody says, hey, that's Dr. So-and-so, okay, we got to pull his records, and we now need to see how he treated certain people, because they're now finding out that some of these people, they do give wrong treatment. How do I know that this fireman is not going to rush into the house in a, in a, in a low income neighborhood with black people because he don't like black people, but he'll, he'll save and do everything he can in the white neighborhood because of, because of his beliefs. This is why these guys cover their faces and people should be scared. Yeah. My whole thing is like, listen, if if you really, it goes back to one fundamental, because at the end of the day, this is some of the stuff that my parents used to say to me growing up. Right. So at the end of the day, like, uh, when you've got to meet your maker, he's going to ask you, how did you treat the things that I gave you? Mm. I gave you all these things. How'd you treat them? And what are you going to say? You know, God, I like black dogs, um, but I didn't really like the white ones. Like, what are you talking about? It all, it all <laughs> sounds stupid. Do you, do you know what? Like, when you really look at the big picture of it all, it just sounds stupid. Because if you look at any animal, they all run the different genotypes, right? Are you mm-hmm. going to say, oh, my God. The little white kittens are all I wanted. Like, come on. It sounds ridiculous. So that's why I just feel like this. If you understand the fundamentals of life, just in general, the devil creates. He can mimic. Remember that, because when he when uh, God casts Satan out, right, all you Christians, when God casts Satan out and the legions of angels who follow Satan, because he was a great deceiver, okay, mm-hmm. um, he can mimic but he can't create, only God can create. The devil can only destroy. So all the things that God has created, if you are running around talking about destroying something, then you got to ask yourself, where are you in all of this? Where are you, right? Because if God creates, the devil destroys, and you're over here saying it, separate, blah, 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 but God created it, what's the problem exactly? Show your face. Mm. Those are my thoughts. <laughs> mm. Everybody in the chat, what's up, Diana? How's it going? Um, also in the Biden bombshells, Tim Scott, North Carolina's governor, he has announced uh, South Carolina's governor. He has announced actually he's a senator now. Um, he announced his run for president in 2024 for the GOP. So we now have Tim Scott, and also the rumor is DeSantis is finally about to come out and announce he's running for president in 2024 on. Twitter a live accompanied by Elon Musk. Now I've been telling people yeah. from day one, the GOP's got a problem. The Republican Party has a problem. 
President Trump is still out there. President Trump spoke highly of Elon Musk. Elon Musk is now going to side himself with DeSantis, who President Trump hates because they're both narcissists. They're both power hungry. Uh-huh. Trump is going to burn this this down. If he splits this party three ways, the GOP's got a serious, serious problem. Trump may even split and create his own party. Don't be surprised if he creates something like the Patriot Party. Don't be surprised, people. He had 70 million votes. This is going to get interesting. The Republican GOP may cease to exist as we know it in 2024, people. This is this is a major. This is a lot of people aren't paying attention. I have people still saying Republicans and Democrats. No, no. The Republicans are. There might end up being another party. Although I have to be honest, I don't think um, DeSantis has a chance. You know, so this is how you know that DeSantis is a narcissist. And I, I feel like this is why we have to start really understanding narcissistic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. There's five different types of narcissists. So he's a malignant narcissist. He's one of the cruelest ones. Okay. Um, with DeSantis, if you ever notice, he doesn't want to take questions on his own, right? He has to go from a script mm-hmm. because if he's off script, right, he doesn't know what to say. And if he can't mirror someone's personality, he is very withdrawn. It's a it's a fascinating look at DeSantis. So unless it's all like pre-planned out, he can't do it. And I think that's fascinating. That's how Trump can get him because Trump too is a malignant narcissist, but Trump is, um, he is overt and grandiose, right? So he mm-hmm. likes to be attack, right? And um, DeSantis, even though he's smart, he can't think on his feet fast enough. So that's why Trump will, I think he will end up. Yeah, and Trump has already come at him verbally. Um, they kept DeSantis in check. He didn't answer. But you're right. You know, if you look at how DeSantis is handling the Disney thing, that's mm-hmm. that yeah. right there. The red flag's about the type of person he is. He's making decisions with Disney that he's going to lose. He can do whatever little thing he wants. But if Disney finally decides and says, you know what? F this, we're pulling out of Florida. Guess what? You've now just ruined that state for years to come. Well, also the property taxes went through the roof. So under DeSantis' property. And That's so now right. the poor people who, um, it's always funny to me when poor people vote Republicans, like, what are you doing? But anyway. Um, the poor people are now realizing we made a mistake in voting for DeSantis because if your property tax, let's just say you had a, a $350,000 home in Florida, okay? So your property taxes were probably 2000 a year, right? Or mm-hmm. 4000 a year with that. They have now doubled. So they're like 8000 a year. So people are losing their homes under DeSantis and they're like, what is this? This isn't what you said. Do you know what I'm saying? So he's doing all this legislation for the rich. So that way, you know, these poor people lose their homes, rich people can sweep in. And do you know what I'm saying? It's Gobble like, them up. Yeah. Right. So they're starting, the poor people are starting to get hip, like, oh, this isn't, this guy doesn't actually benefit me. And anything in government, it's always interesting to me too, the psychology of people in government. Government is supposed to rule for you. You are a citizen. You are paying taxes into a system. It's not your religion. It's not that. It's all of the things that are going to make your life better, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny to me now when I see all of this stuff because it's like, so the rich Trump gave the corporations a tax cut, but you as a regular citizen, now you're paying more. How was that benefiting? Like, how did you go along with that? And we've already known that trickle-down economics doesn't work, so you lost. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, right, as a citizen, right. you have to start saying to yourself, 
who am I going to put in power that's going to do things to benefit me? Things I'm going to need. I'm going to need these roads and bridges, right? I'm going to mm -hmm. need my kids to be educated or the kids down the street to be, I'm going to need a military. I'm going to need health insurance. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm going to need a police force. I'm going to need a fire department. Like think about the things as you as a person you're going to need. Right. I'm going to need Medicare. I'm going to need daycare because if I've got small kids, you know how much daycare, like, so your tax dollars should benefit you and not just politicians. It pay, remember, it's paying politicians salaries, too. Mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. just for them to get a steak and a martini every day at lunch. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you got to say as a citizen, how are things benefiting me? And I think that everyone, regardless if you're a Republican or Democrat, you have to say that because if there is an emergency like a tornado or a hurricane, what's the first thing people do? All these pull yourself up by your bootstraps. They go run into the government to go save us, save us, give me my insurance, it's going to come and save us. Yeah, that's your tax money. So shouldn't your tax money be doing the things to benefit you as a citizen? So that's mm -hmm. my whole stance on that. Because when I hear poor people saying this, it's like, you better think about how what you're paying into, how it's benefiting how you. It's gonna, if yep. it's not benefiting you, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you right. doing? How come your kids can't go to school? You guys, a lot of these guys now, they benefited from the GI Bill, right? But, oh, no, no one else can have the GI Bill. Why not? To tax dollars. Why not? Anyway, that's mm -hmm. my... Michelle says, my friend sold her house in Brockton right outside the Tampa... Bought a beautiful house. I hope she'll be okay. Hope so too. Uh, yeah, those property taxes are uh, way up. Yeah, crazy. NAACP post the Florida yeah. Travel Advisory warning: DeSantis policies are hostile to blacks and members of the LGBTQT. Um, look, I yeah. haven't heard anything going on down there, but you know, it, it's the stories that people are posting on TikTok about these bills and policies put into place. Um, it, it, it's it's a little extreme. Um, the NAACP might be styling and profiling and maybe posturing with this, but um, there is some things here that people, you want to do your homework. You want to check this out. You want to see what's going on here. Um, I got to talk about the people who've been involving themselves with the show. Check out these uh, <laughs> nice beanies that are all sold out. I want to thank them for supporting me. The shows that I podcast that I take care of. Actually, you're going to be seeing Happy Hour with Lito's the Triangle Offense podcast at 9 o'clock. I'll be producing that live. And you just saw our guest, Laverne Gordon, 3K. Yeah, it was a great interview. 3K Heelathon, June 3rd. Registration, $40 per person. Throw on those heels. It's that morning before the, the graduation. Make sure to head out. Also, Hip Hop Happy Hour featuring my artist, Viana Marie, on June 15th. She's interviewing, and then she'll be performing on June 17th for the June 19th event. 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Open free to the public. She'll be performing live. And then Brockton Summer Solstice, June 21st. Music, food, and vendors and stuff for the kids at City Hall Plaza. And again, for those who didn't know, um, the Slingshot Bean Town Express takes place July 29th, 2023. This is the event put on by me, Sinister One. Last year, we had close to 40 slingshots on this ride wow. i'm just gonna let people know um for those who don't know back in february i was hit by a car in ah. february for four months i've been in pt Crippled. um yep. yeah fractured knee acl torn p 
ACL, MCL. Um, I'm now headed to surgery in June oh. on my meniscus because my meniscus has not healed, so I'm headed off to surgery. Okay. So the doctors have given me the okay to drive. I've been driving for the last couple of weeks, but I'll be in this event. I'm heading to Maggie Valley next week with my son. Um, we're going down there. And then this Beantown Express on July 29th, um, I'll be recouping. Um, this will probably be the only event that I'll probably be involved with after this year um, because I'm going to get the surgery and then I'll have to bounce back from that. I've lost anybody who's been asking about me DJing. Um, I haven't been able to DJ because my knees messed up and everybody knows. <laughs> well, I, well, I can't I can't DJ because I'm one of these DJs who's all over the place. Anybody who's seen Sinister One perform and DJ, I have SpongeBob masks for the kids, Darth Vader masks, Spider-Man, and I'm all over the up and down the stands. I When I do the stadiums, um, I go in the stands and I make people dance. I make people sing um, up and down. For me to just stand there and spin music, that's not the Sinister One DJ experience. Um, I'm, I'm jumping up and down like I'm 20 years old. You know, I'm all over the place, and, yeah, and I just I can't do that. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Yeah, so I have a brace on my leg because my meniscus is still torn. I tend to lose my balance when my leg gets tired. It, it kind of sucks. Um, but again, um, I'll be back. I'll be back out there. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in the show and supporting the show. And I got to thank my guest Crystal for coming on the show tonight with me and uh, let them know how they can follow you because you got some funny, great stuff out there that you talk about. So on social media, I'm Crystal Tyson, like the boxer. You'll know because it's dirty and inappropriate. <laughs> You'll know. You'll know. <laughs> oh man, great stuff! And you know, I love the stuff you posted about your mom. And you know, we we know that you lost your mom, and that was tough for you because you guys were yeah. super close, and you guys had some of the funniest, funniest posts out there. You know, you and her together when you would post some things that she would say to you, and I, I, it just it reminded me of my mom. You know, when my mom passed away, it was my mom was almost the same way, and you know, it's just it's just great stuff. So I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show tonight, hanging out with us. Um, it's been great stuff. And um, Crystal, we'll have to do this again. Absolutely, Keith, you're the best. You know I love you. I know yeah, I love you, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll have her on again. And um, you know what, SpongeBob, we got to get ready to get out of here because Happy Hour with Lito is coming on at nine o'clock, and I've got to produce that show. Oh, go go go! And um, SpongeBob, do me a favor, take us home. See you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to The Booth on Hoobazoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics instead. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe a little more down, down in here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I make it, bitch, don't repeat. Now that I done upgraded, I've been upstate, but y'all think I'm playing. And I gotta hit now for these weak ass hoes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing.
laughing cause I never back down I'm that chick with a clean ass whip I don't need that shit, it's like I'm my own now I get hood, I get tired of fuss and fighting Guess I gotta crack down Don't mess with me cause on everything I'ma have to bring the whole city W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-R-Z-O-C-O-M W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O-N-A-T-O-R-Z-O-C-O-M Enter website, enter website, enter website, enter website.